Hello, Scorpio. Welcome to Embodied Astrology. This is your month ahead audio horoscope for Taurus season. My name is Renee. I'm a somatic, intuitive, and a movement educator, as well as a consulting astrologer. And in these horoscopes, I do my best to try and talk about the expression and sensation that I am reading coming through uh, the charts for the 12 signs. Um, sun sign astrology is not specific to your chart, so you have to listen to this and make it make sense for you. Take what works and leave the rest. Please listen for your sun and your rising sign. If you don't know what your other signs are, you can get a free chart at embodiedastrology.com in the horoscope section. All right, it's Taurus season beginning on April 19th, ending on May 20th, and this is exactly halfway um, across the year from Scorpio season. Taurus is your opposite sign. If you happen to live in a part of the world where there are seasons, you might just think about, you know, the polarity between this time and Scorpio season, uh, which is kind of late um, October through mid-November or so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Notice that. <laughs> I love astrology as um, a timekeeping method. I think it makes sense to me a lot more than clocks and calendars because the world changes and we're changing with it. And it's really interesting to notice how we're affected by seasonal shifts. So in Taurus season, we are at the halfway point from Scorpio season. And in this halfway point, there's an oppositional kind of energy. There's a gravitational magnetism that pulls you back around. And this as a symbol represents another person. It represents the reflection of a relationship and how we come into connection with one another. Um, we come into connection through magnetism, through attraction and aversion. And that's maybe a, a good thing to remember sometimes, right? Like we can have connections with people that we don't particularly like or even want to be connected. And aversion has sometimes even more magnetism than attraction does. Um, it's definitely something to notice. And I think you are like really in a place where noticing relationships could be fascinating for you. <laughs> There's a lot that's happening in Taurus this Taurus season, along with the sun being there. We have transits of Mercury and Venus. And all of these three energies, solar energy, mercurial energy, Venusian energy, are coming into contact with Uranian energy. <laughs> Uranus is in Taurus for about seven years. And 2018 uh, to 2026, 25, 26. Um, and this energetically is a big upheaval. It's a big shakeup. And it's a need for liberation and awakening in your relational sphere. And so this month, the span of 30 days with the personal uh, planets and luminary moving through this part of your chart and making contact with this upheaval, awakening, change energy, 
Ooh, this is a time you could be fascinated <laughs> by relationships and fascinated by like, whoa, you know, am I magnetized to this person because I'm attracted or repulsed or a mixture of them? Like, what is it that brings you into contact with other people? What is it that maintains that contact? What is it that you agree to implicitly and explicitly? And how do you form your partnerships? How do you come into relationship at all with anybody, anytime? Well, you come in with yourself, right? You come in with your body, you come in with your words, with your energy, and you come in with your psychology and you come in with all of your training about how to be in relationship and all of your expectations. And most of us, unfortunately, don't receive a lot of training about how to be in relationships that is very helpful or like explicit. Um, my partner and I were joking the other day, we were like reading, um, we were reading something about boundaries and they were like, I should have learned this in elementary school. And I was like, me too. Why am I just learning it now? I'm almost 40. You know, this kind of thing where it's like, wow, we go into relationships with each other. And I think a lot of us have a certain kinds of expectations, you know, that other people see the world as we do. And then all the time we're running up against the reality that everybody's different, you know, and has different needs, different perspectives, different ways of doing things. And we can't take anything personally. So there's a, a kind of feeling here as I'm tuning in with your chart that you are like going through this process of a kind of illumination in, in your relational sphere. And you're getting a whole bunch of downloads. And this could be information that is arising for you within yourself. This could be information that's coming at you from your relationships. It could be information you're getting from your family. It could be things happening in your world that then push you to articulate something. But you are getting a lot of new information about how you want to be and what kind of agreements you want to make. And before you even make it to the explicit agreements, the implicit agreements that you're making with yourself, right? Just how you're showing up at all. This feels like major themes for Taurus season. So my number one piece of advice is to be in your body and like really try and tune in with what's happening for you. Now, Scorpio um, is, of course, is a water sign, and the water signs are all relational. And I think Scorpio can do a really good job kind of trying to tune in with other people. And right now, there is so much energy in the relational sphere in your chart that I think you could be doing a really good job sessing out or sensing out, you know, how's somebody else feeling. And I really want to encourage you to make it a regular practice to, to ask yourself, how are you feeling? And I mean that physically first. Can you feel your feet on the ground? How does it feel to have your feet on the ground? You know, can you feel yourself breathing? Well, where are you breathing? You know, are you, are you barely breathing? What does it feel like to take a deeper breath? Can you feel yourself present in yourself? And especially because there's so much happening in relationship, it feels like it might be really helpful to have a, a kind of more nuanced or sophisticated embodiment practice of like, can you feel where you end and someone else begins? And 
maybe before you even get there, like, can you feel what it is to be in you, in your own experience, right? In your own center. And what is the difference between how you might feel yourself really solidly in your own center and then how you might feel yourself, say, in the middle of an argument with another person or when you're like crushed out on them and trying to figure out how to send them a text? You know, like, how do you come out of yourself to move towards relationship? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, come out of yourself at all, but notice what your strategies are. And if, you know, this is the kind of thing where I feel like you could be having major downloads. It's like, if you notice that you have some kind of strategy (laughs) for relating in certain ways, you might also notice that you've been giving other people power for the consequences of that strategy. For example, if I have a strategy of avoiding uh, rejection, right? Like if I'm like, oh, you know, like I want to ask for something or make my feelings known, but somebody's not going to give me the thing that I want or they're not going to want me. And then my strategy is to And I'm not talking like a conscious strategy that I've sat down and written a draft on or something like that. I'm talking about a kind of like, you know, primal, primitive strategy, an unconscious strategy. So if I'm fearful of rejection, like I might have a million strategies that I employ. You know, I might shut down in my body and get really tight and tense. I might become very much an exhibitionist. I might go into pleasing mode, right? I might, you know, try and get the thing that I want by like, making somebody else feel really taken care of. Then there's going to be consequences to my strategy. So if I shut down and get really tight, uh, it's probably a good chance I will get rejected pretty fast, you know, or that somebody won't want to give me the thing that I want. If I uh, get really big and loud with my energy, I might get the thing that I want, but it might always feel like, you know, I'm not really certain if it's there to stay or what, you know, what, what happens if I'm not big and loud? What if I want to get quiet? Like, will it, will it still be there? Um, if I go into people pleasing mode and then I get the thing that I want or I'm not rejected, um, do I ever believe that I, that it's mine, right? Like, do I ever believe that the thing that I'm getting is, is because it's for me, right? Like if I'm in people pleasing mode and I'm like, gosh, you know, I'm so scared of rejection. I'm just going to bend bend in all these different directions to try and like make this person happy and then they're there. How am I ever supposed to believe that this person wants to be around for me if I know that I'm always leaving myself to please them? So those are a couple of examples of I think pretty common strategies that people employ in relationships. What are yours? You know, what do you do? How How do you leave your own experience? What do you do in order to relate? And think about all kinds of relationships. Don't just think about partnership or romantic relationships. Think about adversarial relationships. Think think about like power, you know, power hierarchy differential relationships. Think about you with your family. Think about all kinds of things. What are your strategies? What are the consequences of those strategies? What would you like to change? Because once you recognize where the strategy is, what the consequences are, then what you get is the opportunity to let go of the story and to make some new 
consequences for yourself, right? Like to try out some new strategies. Now you don't know if these strategies are going to work. And so there is a huge element of risk right now. Like tourist season for everybody, lots of opportunities when we take risks. For you, the opportunities come when you take risks in your relationships, in the ways that you are relating. And I want to be clear there. I want to kind of like sess it out a little bit and, and say like, there are the risks that you take in your relationships. Like, hey, honey, you know, like I want to paint the house bright pink. Like, I don't know, you know, what are the risks you're going to take in your relationships? But then there's the risks that you take in the ways that you relate. And so this might mean smiling at somebody. You know, it literally just might mean making eye contact or saying hello. It might mean, uh, you know, not pretending to be interested <laughs> when, when you like, I don't know, have to talk to somebody at work. I don't know what it is, but there's some kind of feeling right now of there's an opportunity when you take risks and you change up the status quo and you don't do things the same way that you've always been doing them. And in order for you to do this, in order for you to take these risks, two things are absolutely necessary. One thing is critical analysis and observation. You need to use your mind. You need to be observant. If it is helpful for you, um, use a calendar or use some kind of app, you know, where you can just log your experiences. And I don't know. I mean, if you're thinking about relationship strategies, just start to notice. Like after you have some experience with someone, as objectively as you can, write down the facts of what you remember happening. And this is where the second thing that's absolutely essential comes in. Notice what's happening in your body and in your energy. So if you have some kind of experience, it's like then write, you know, write down or try and remember, like then when I looked that person in the eyes and I held their eye contact and smiled, I think I stopped breathing. Or my face got really flushed. Or all of a sudden I broke out laughing. You know, like what did your body do when you took the risk? Or what did your body do when you were employing your strategy? And really start to notice what do you do and what is the embodiment? Every decision that we make has an embodiment. Every stance that we take in the world literally has a postural pattern. Any emotion that we have has a postural pattern. The thoughts that we have do things in our bodies. So if you want to change something, you have to, you, you have to change it on an embodied level. If you really want to change something, you have to change it on an embodied level. Now you also have to use your mind, right? You have to use your discerning, critical mind to notice what you're doing and then to tell yourself to try something else. And that repatterning part is, uh, it can be frustrating. Like it can take a long time. And I don't know where I heard this and I don't even remember the exact number, but I heard something somewhere that's like, you know, you to make a new habit, you have to do the new thing like 170 times 
before you build a new neural pathway. So if you have a habit of not looking someone in the eye that you think is attractive, right? And you're like, this, my strategy for um, flirting with that person who I find very attractive is to totally ignore them, right? Like, that's a strategy. I've used that strategy. It doesn't work ever. <laughs> but if that's your strategy, right? And it's like coming up in your body. And that's the thing you've been doing since you were in, you know, four years old or something like that, whenever you first started to employ that strategy. Not only do you need to uh, do the new habit of looking at a person and waving and saying hi 120 fucking times before there's some kind of possibility for some ease with that motion in your body, but then you have to do it thousands of more times to make that neural pathway just as strong as the one that came before it, which is, you know, you... Um, I don't know, like looking mad and turning around the other direction or whatever your strategy is, right? You're a Scorpio. You're a sexy beast. That's probably not your strategy. Um, but you probably know someone who does employ that strategy or they've used it on you. You know what I'm talking about, okay? So the repatterning part needs your mind. It needs you to be patient. It needs you to be thorough. It needs you to be observant and it needs you to be non-judgmental. And when you do the old thing, you have to just go, wow, look at that. I did the old thing. <sighs> okay, doing the new thing now, right? Like that's literally it. You can't judge yourself for it. You have to just notice, observe, move on. Try and do the new thing the next time. Big themes for you throughout Taurus season, okay? This like reorienting and shifting in the relational space. Now, as we get into May, into, um, you know, ba basically all of May, as we get into Gemini season, which starts in mid-May, these themes continue. They just move into a more and more psychological part of your chart. And if you do this work, you get results. <laughs> you really like start to unpack some things. You really get to let go of some stuff. You get to move into some whole new and different directions. And as we get into May, you know, you might be starting to have some important conversations. You might be coming to important conclusions or pieces of awareness about yourself. And as these pieces layer in, just do the work of noticing them giving them time and space, and then continuing with whatever the practice is, continuing with your commitment to do things in a different way. This is a time for courageous conversations. For those of you who are needing big changes in your relationships, and there are a lot of you out there, I know it, I don't know who you are, I don't know what your charts look like, but I know that if you're a Scorpio-identified person and probably... I don't know if especially, but I, you know, especially really for Scorpio rising folks, a lot of y'all are looking at wanting some changes in your relationships or wanting to change the way that you are in your relationships. This is happening. This is coming for you. Um, be gentle with yourself. Be loving as much as you can with yourself and with other people. Uh, I felt like I had something else I was going to say, and now, oh, courageous conversations. There it is. Okay. Changes. 
this is the time for courageous conversations, okay? This is the time to start opening up as we get into May. If there are things that you know that you want to change or ways that you know that you are changing, um, basically from May 3rd, you have more and more support to converse, to open up, to share. Um, there probably won't be quick answers. We are moving into Gemini season. We're moving into Mercury retrograde, um, beginning in Gemini season. I'll tell you about that next month. But conversations can unfold. So if there are things that you're wanting, if there are things that you are wanting to change, if there are power dynamics that need to be addressed, if there are, I don't know what it is for you, now's the time to start to talk about them um, with the people who are involved and who are going to be affected. I also want to say that there's a little bit of a preview of some energy that is going to be more dominant or predominant energy next year in 2022. So beginning in mid-May, from um, May 13th until the end of July, Jupiter will start to make the very first part of its transit into Pisces. Um, this transit is a big expansion, a big expansion of a lot of opportunity um, and also a lot of feeling. Uh, for you, for Scorpio folks, a couple things I want to say. Um, this could be a ton of creative inspiration. And so over the course of these couple of months from May until the end of July, this is an amazing time for you to be daydreaming and ideating and kind of, I don't know, marinating with any kinds of creative or artistic projects that you're interested in doing. Um, the other thing that I want to say is that this is definitely a time that can increase fertility. So for folks out there um, who want to get pregnant or who don't want to get pregnant, uh, this just to know that this is a time that can increase fertility a lot, um, especially again in Scorpio rising charts, but I would say also for Scorpio. Um, and so if you are having the kind of sex that could result in babies being made, make choices <laughs> that your future self will thank you for, right? Um, last thing I want to say, your energy, your creative, erotic, <laughs> generative energy um, could really get a boost around this time. It could also feel a little bit like a weird power surge uh, starting in May. So give yourself time and space. Um, this piece of advice to really tune in with your body I, I can't stress it enough for everybody all the time, anytime, especially in Taurus season, especially with what's happening in our world right now. There is a lot of fast moving energy. There's a lot of very overwhelming and emotionally overwhelming energy. And my feeling is that, you know, in your chart, um, you want to be really present and you want to make decisions that, again, your future self is going to thank you for and that in the long run, you're going to look back and say, like, I'm so glad that I gave myself time to feel that one out. Okay, so if you get a, a, a big boost of, of some kind of inspiration, um, if you can move forward in ways that are like taking care of yourself in the future, move forward with joy. If there are big decisions that you're wanting to make, um, you can definitely move towards them. You can have the conversations for sure but stay in your body when you're having them and make sure that you're really tuning in with your felt sense, 
that you're remembering who you are and where you are, that you don't fall into the ghost mechanisms and kind of karmic patterning um, of, of relationships that you have maybe kind of like unconsciously been building with um, to whatever extent is possible. Okay, so I'm going to leave it there. I hope any or all of that is helpful or interesting for you to think about. If you'd like more information on your current astrology, please check out the 2021 Year Ahead report for your sign. I have them for all 12 signs. You can find them at embodiedastrology.com. Those are hour and a half long readings detailing the major themes and opportunities and challenges for this year. You can get more information on my work also at embodiedastrology.com or by following me at embodiedastrology on Instagram where I post regular astro content. If you enjoy this work, please share it with your friends. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes podcast. And you might want to check out becoming a member or a subscriber. Um, you can subscribe by donation at any amount you want, and that gets you access to my extended content, my month-ahead calendars, and my twice-monthly Zoom meetups where we hang out and learn about astrology and work with astro from a somatic perspective. Thanks so much for listening. I'm wishing you all the best in Taurus season and beyond. <laughs>